Clarita here, and I've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. If you want to release your music into the world, DistroKid's the easiest way to get your music into all the major streaming platforms, unlimited uploads, and keep 100% of your royalties. And because you're a Design Freaks listener, you get 30% off. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Design Freaks. DistroKid. Hello, hi, and welcome to Design Freaks, the podcast where we talk music industry, art, and design, record covers, posters, flyers, all kinds of fun and weird graphic design. I'm Clarita, and I am your host, and for new listeners, um, I just wanted to fill people in, pardon the uh, mission statement or the summary if you already know, but... I just wanted to kind of go over this because I was thinking about it when I was editing this episode. Um, So I started this podcast in 2018, um, you know, for other people who want to nerd out on like punk, post-punk, hip-hop, skate culture, new wave, uh, metal, basically all the non-kind of corporate graphic design you know, there's a lot of books on, I love all the books on punk flyers and of course all the many books about record covers. I love all that and I reference it in what I do, but I also wanted to have a a podcast where I not only talk about like uh, the stories behind the album covers, you know, did you know hypnosis put 200 beds on the beach? Yeah, I love all that and I reference it, but I also love talking directly to designers, people who are in the industry. They want to share their story, talk about how they got started, um, sort of what it's like to, to work the process, you know, and kind of the human side of everything. So that's why I do what I do. And that's why it's so kind of nebulous and hard to describe what this is. And I've, I've been so lucky so far. I started this podcast in 2018 and I've gotten to speak with, you know, art directors, musicians who have become art directors by necessity, uh, record label owners, just straight up in-house graphic designers, um, record store owners, people, other people who are just obsessed with uh, the industry and appreciate the aesthetics and who are curious people. Um, So all that to say, this is episode 48 with Raisa Pardini. She's probably the, the guest that has had the biggest impact on me personally and has inspired me the most to like do more as a graphic designer and to think bigger. So um, really love this episode. I'm really honored that I got to speak with her. Um, So Raisa is an Italian-born, UK-based graphic designer, graphic artist who um, has worked a lot with typography. She's multidisciplinary. So the digital type, branding, She's worked for so many uh, musicians, artists, labels. Her clients include MTV, Apple, 
Adobe, New York Times, we transfer artists like Willie Nelson, Paul Weller, Idols, many others. Um, her posters are absolutely stunning. I just, I love her work. It's so bold. It's so fearless and also joyous. Um, and you simply have to see it. Of course, if you're driving right now, you can look at it later. I'll have the links in the show notes and on my website. Oh, her work has also been added to the V&A permanent collection. Um, it's so stunning and impressive, but that's not the only reason why uh, I wanted to talk to her and that I'm so proud of this sort of introductory episode to her work. Also, a little background, I'm in Seattle. She's in Spain right now for an artist residency. Still took the time to talk to me. And so that time difference sort of meant that uh, for the first time, I recorded this episode before work. So like pretty early in the morning on a weekday. So I didn't have the same amount of time to delve into each topic as I would if I had recorded at night. But really wanted to introduce Raisa to you, the listener, my audience, because she really is uh, how she describes herself, a 360 designer. She really pushed herself into animation, new things, video work, you know, not just 2D design. She's pushing herself uh, into physical spaces. She's talked about furniture design, even if that's just upholstery patterns. I mean, how exciting. I was thinking of an entire hotel or just like hotel rooms completely uh, her, in her aesthetic. So kind of got my, my wheels turning there of like what's possible when you start thinking that way. Uh, Raisa has also contributed her work to what I call positive propaganda. And that's sort of the, the Ken Garland model of using the power of design to help bring attention um, to an important cause. In addition, she's also talked about getting into NFTs, into that whole world. So to me, that's all super exciting. And it's all about being a global and holistic designer. Um, so you've got to check out her work at RaisaPardini.com. And then if you go to the studio page, you can see um, not only her work, but a list of talks she's given, other podcasts she's been a guest on if you want to hear more. I'm so stoked to introduce you to her work and her design philosophy. And if you're online at all, you've probably seen it. I mean, her clients are huge. <laughs> so, And she's got, from what it sounds like, some pretty big projects coming up too. So uh, look out for that. Also, I wanted to shine a light on her history of mentorship and her openness to that, which I think is absolutely fantastic. She's just the best. Um, but before the interview, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Um, and if you enjoy the show, please share it with other vinyl and design freaks. Rate and review because it helps others find us. And subscribe wherever you found me. You can find images of and links to Rice's work and more info at designfreakspodcast.com. Uh, you can contact me there if you'd like. If you want to be a guest or you know someone who'd make a great guest, um, you can hit the shop button, buy merch, donate. And of course, you can pre-order the box of bubbles from vol.co. And that's the third edition of uh, Paul Gorman's monograph on Barney Bubbles. And the first two have contributions and essays and forewords by people like Peter Seville, Malcolm Garrett, Billy Bragg, and then also um, another Pacific Northwest designer, Art Chantry, 
uh, that was referenced quite a bit in the Jeff Kleinsmith episode for Sub Pop. Um, and so for this third edition, I was lucky enough to contribute an essay. Just a, an incredible honor. So if you've missed out on those other two editions or you just want to add it to your collection, this is the collector's edition. It comes with extras, okay? So it's going to come out on his 80th birthday, July 30th, 2022, so this summer. And this is a box of bubbles. It is a cloth-bound box with screen-printed design, signed by Paul Gorman, and limited to 500 copies. And the extras are fantastic. You get the Galactic Tarot Card Pack that Barney Bubbles designed for Hawkwind to promote their album, X in Search of Space. I mean, so many other extras, little DIY inserts that were included in the Glastonbury Fair record, for example. Ian Dury sticker. Just, you got to go see it. Go to vol.co, V-O-L.co, and check that out. And for more music-related podcasts, and if you'd like to sponsor the show, head over to ruinousmedia.com and check that out. And now, I was lucky enough to speak with the amazingly multi-talented Raisa Pardini. What an inspiration. Please enjoy. Hi, Raisa. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Thank you for having me. I love your work. Uh, I've been following you for a while and I just uh, really enjoy your designs and recently saw your Adobe Live how to design an album cover <laughs> and it was so cool to watch. You kind of demonstrated the Mamma Mia logo. Um, anyways, just your work is so joyful. I love it. And I just wanted to have you, for the listeners who may not be familiar with you, uh, do a brief introduction of who you are, what you do? Yeah. Um, I am a Rice Abardini and I'm an Italian-born designer. I live in UK since a decade now, uh, <laughs> where I developed my practice. I was a musician first and I was working in the music industry. Then I picked up on my uh, university degree after a while that I kind of left on the side <laughs> to, to have space for music first. And... Um, it was the very first time that I could try to create something with music and design. I think that the way that we do design is very different to what it was uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And uh, mm -hmm. right now we can be specialized in more niche things and because uh, we are all globally connected somehow. So if uh, before it was a method of knowing an artist to work with them, now you can globally be connected and work for another band across the globe. Um, so I do feel that that created more opportunities for everyone. In my case, to be a designer that worked more with music and make a living out of it, uh, for other people there would be something more niche that they do. Um, that's the kind of beauty of design right now. We all have different skills and uh, I believe that all of us can kind of bring a lot of different things to the table. So even if we are niche, um, there's a lot of curiosity going around the creative uh, community. And uh, 
even if I don't have tons of animation um, skills, I would animate something or you make a GIF or you make a, mm. one thing here, one thing there. It's, it's great. This kind of globally connected community also works as there's a lot of tools online for us to answer our questions. So, yeah, so I work with, working with Music First for a long time, now trying to, like, do variety of things. So I'm trying to work more with culture and startups or ethical brands or, like, mm. bringing the ethics into brands that are already existing or trying to do my best to be not just designing but also interested in what I do 100% because that will keep me motivated and mm-hmm. and so my design will follow um, to be better. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I do. I, I live in London and um, I am now in Ibiza for an art residency where I'm challenging my practice and my way of working and it's been terrifying but exciting at the same time. <laughs> oh, that sounds so cool. Yeah. But in the beginning, who ins- what design inspired you? Like what inspired you to design for your own band or other bands? So I was into music since I was younger and um and I think I started doing a lot of little zins. I was doing radio at one point um when I was at 18 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh for like a uni thing. Um, and I wasn't going to that uni. We we were just using the space. But I remember um, we decided to have a zine going with the radio show. So, you know, I started doing the zine and we were giving it away at gigs. And then I was doing flyers during my uni in Milan. I moved to Milan. I find, I'm from a very small town and in Italy. So moving to Milan was this kind of whoa what's going on i've got all of these things around me for the first time and obviously i wanted to be as involved as possible um so i would offer myself to do flyers i would offer myself to do logos or things for bands just because i was around music and when he ca- when he came to pick up universe the university i went for graphic design and I finally learned the skills to be able mm-hmm. to translate what I had in mind. And yeah, so this is how it kind of happened. And then I left design for a while. And then I kind of picked it up again because I used to be in bands and I used to obviously be the one that was asked to do the, yeah. the, the, the record sleeves and stuff. Or having friends that needed something as well. It was just a word of mouth. Mm, every time you got a talent to use <laughs> in the music mm-hmm. industry, everyone's like, Risa, can you do this? And yeah. it's, it's kind of nice because it, it's sustaining itself. The independent music scene sustain itself that way. And it's really beautiful. And there are times sometimes that, you know, working for people like MTV um, really stretched um how much I was involved in the music industry. And sometimes I wonder if, you know, I'm losing some of the excitement Mm. that comes from um, the independent um, community. So I'm always trying to work with bands as well, as much Mm. as bigger bigger company, because 
it's all about striking that balance and uh, yeah. feeding your creativity the right way. Um, so, yeah, I'm involved in trying to balance everything. How did that happen with MTV? That's so exciting. <laughs> um, they contacted me. I big shout to um, Rich too, um, which uh, used to work on, for MTV as a digital designer. I contact we we were in contact on Instagram, and I was asking about MTV and the possibility maybe to work together. And then I received an email after a couple of weeks um, that they had uh, a project for me. And um, that fitted kind of the style of design that I'm doing. So they wanted to produce uh, six posters to promote their favorite videos of 2021. So it was like just a couple of months ago at the end of 2021. So we had Taylor Swift, Bruno Mars. I love that one. Yeah. So it was kind of, um, you know, working for very good bands and... Um, Justin Bieber, uh, yeah, it was kind of like my first time that I would just have, it was kind of mad, mm. <laughs> so, but it was beautiful, everyone at NTV was amazing and supportive and I love working with American people because the briefs are always put on. Uh, <laughs> I hate, I hate generalizing, but obviously when, when you talk highly about something, it's fun to generalize. It always seems that every time I'm working with an American client, I'm getting this spot-on brief and everything is smooth and we're working really well. Getting back to um, your Adobe Live, you were talking about striking a balance between analog and digital. What percentage do you, you said, because I also saw another video where you were outside taking photos of everything you see, you're always getting inspired. What percentage of your process is analog and at what point do you get into the computer? So I feel that all my inspiration come from outside so something that can be in my computer i think at one point of my practice i got used to look for inspiration on my computer and uh, i ended up being less creative because i was just staring at the same thing that algorithm based um yeah platforms was just wanting me to see so there wasn't a challenge and um I was staring at things that other people were staring. So whenever I take pictures with my camera, it's my own experience and that photo is mine. Um, mm -hmm. You can share it, of course. It's not mine as it belongs to me, but it's just, uh, it, it's my view of the world. It just happened at that second and it might not be reproduced, even if it's the worst picture ever <laughs> or the yeah. best picture ever. Is still a moment that belongs to you and the way that you see a building or a photograph, a shadow that looks very graphical or a, a stop on the street because you see a pattern or a combination of colors that you really like. So mm -hmm. I use the camera to kind of put into memory 
those those moments because by being I'm I'm, I'm a very curious observer and I, it is practically impossible to remember everything um because I'm always in a look so like I can't store everything in my brain. So having a camera for me is uh, a reminder of things that have been seen during the day. And, you know, even if it's just my phone and I don't have my camera with me because I don't have space in my bag or whatever, mm-hmm. it is a great way for me to, yeah, have like a storage of things. It's also something I like doing. Uh, I take videos, yeah. I take um, a sketch when I'm out, I write. Yeah, so the the process of the outside world is more human. Our work is more digital. Um, but there is a balance, again, between the mm-hmm. two. Uh, I'm trying to bring sometimes more analog into the digital or digital into the analog. Let's say I've got my iPad and I'm out and I'm sketching with, mm-hmm. with my iPad. That's obviously digital because everything is done on the platform. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's um, trying to find a way to be creative uh, in the easiest way possible, just so I keep enjoying it and I keep being inspired without the feeling of, today I need to go out and research. It's not like that. Mm. It needs to be mostly mostly like a game, you know, something that you enjoy doing. helps you back. It's good to get away from Pinterest. (laughs) Oh, my God, totally. (laughs) Your use of fonts is so masterful. Have you ever developed your own font? Yeah, but there isn't anything um, available to to buy because mm-hmm. the the fonts that I've been making are usually for clients, and uh, it belongs to them. Okay, and uh, you need time um, mm-hmm. to just sit down. And these few years have been really busy, and every year I say this year I'm taking three weeks off. And I'm trying to do my fault. And in December, I'm just like, damn, <laughs> I still haven't done it. So it is a matter of taking some time off and do it. Um, but I just don't have it. So that's why commissions are taking over. And uh, we need to wait a little longer. <laughs> yeah. What commissions are going on? What's exciting right now? Uh, yeah. So right now there's a big, very big project with an American apparel um, mm. You will see us soon. Uh, you know the company. I just can't mm-hmm. share it, but it has been great because it's almost working in the sportwear side. So uh, being more dynamic, being inspired by different things uh, like you know running, doing sports, um, the body movements, things like that, the breathe. So it's something that is um, maybe not the same inspirational process of um, doing a music cover. Uh, I'm working for a couple of artists as well. The High record has been out just now, this week. Um, a poster for Shadow Show uh, from Detroit uh, just been out the other day. 
uh, I'm out of the loop with what was happening <laughs> because here in Ibiza I'm trying to concentrate a lot on uh, on my exhibition, my next ex exhibition. But uh, yeah, so I'm trying to go. On, I'm, I'm going to try to pick up the project when I'm once I'm back. Okay. And um, but yeah, a few artists, a few records. A couple mm -hmm. of debut album from a couple of uh, artists that are um, waiting. We are waiting for the debut album, so I'm really excited. But also, different way of working, approaching NFTs with a label. Wow. Um, yeah, just like trying to. Um, I've got something to come for a couple of. Um, fashion uh, brands that we did a collaboration with design and graphics and patterns so trying to be a designer 360 you know not only be known for phones but trying to establish a style that can be taken into you know I, I would love to have a capsule collection of um uh furnitures and things like that and really getting my hands on how do you say, objects in our everyday life and we give sense to them and they come with us in our homes. And so, yeah, trying to get away from just doing funds and mm -hmm. uh, understand the design practice as a whole a little bit more. I would love to live in a Risa Pardini designed world, <laughs> everything. That would Thank be so you. fun. <laughs> I mean, Thank have you, you thought about music videos and staging yeah like I've done um during pandemic I did a lot of animated uh music videos because it was very difficult for musicians to meet with any director mm -hmm. photographer or anything so it seemed that everything was more graphical mm -hmm. um that was a good experience I've got a video coming up soon as well for another band it isn't something I take too much on at the mm -hmm. moment because it's very time consuming um but yeah i would love that or but also staging you know um anything that people trust me with i always <laughs> say yes because even if i don't know how to do it i just push myself with the project to then live it and learn the skills mm -hmm. otherwise i would never push myself Actually, by saying yes to something I don't know how to do is improving my skills because then I'm throwing myself into that and I just want to learn everything. So you're in Ibiza. You're, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Ibiza, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're there in the winter. There's no spring break. It's peaceful. It's beautiful. Um, can you talk just a little bit about the residency? Because we weren't recording when you we were speaking about it. Yeah, so um, I was invited by this new foundation in uh, Ibiza that um, collective that kind of bring international artists to Ibiza to um, be around the island and uh, trying to get things from here. You know, bring a uh, much needed contemporary art community to be far having an amazing history in, in art from the 60s and the 70s. It seems that the island became this massive playground of 
dense places and but it's also very beautiful it's a very sunny island in the middle of everything and it's beautiful like being here is um a blessing and uh you know like it would be a shame to con be concentrated on just the nightlife when actually there's so much to see a lot of wild world um magnetic places weird places um mad artist studios that have been here since a long time it's just quite insane yeah wow. so you know collectively we come here we ask to co collect as much as possible from the island and then come up with a final piece um as an artist and my final piece would be uh trying to i'm, I'm picking up a lot of sound trying to combine my musician side and my design side so i'm picking up the sound of the island um because obviously like the island is famous for the music the dance music the um, yeah. the parties but then there is a presence in the noises that the island gives away every day and we don't notice them so i'm going like a crazy woman we evans <laughs> going around picking up the sounds and i wanted to create words out of that sound and translate it into a new language so that it will be my second step for now i'm just been recording wow that's awesome i can't wait to see what you do with that thank you <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah so much to look forward to um what uh what's the first album cover you remember was there one that was like from your childhood that you it stuck in your head so my first two records that I got gifted by my dad were mm -hmm. Ziggy Stardust and Transformer. And both probably, you know, being from the same era uh, and being quite used, because obviously my dad had them such a long time and probably listened to them Aww. a million of times, is that uh, you could see even the pattern of the vinyl from the cover, uh, you know, like the circle, mm -hmm. then the paper is just getting whiter um so i remember those two albums that, that those are the, the first two covers i remember i still have those records with me and they, they follow me every city i moved to blue so, reed cover is so classic very graphical like the yellow and the black being like so powerful and Well, thank you for taking time to talk to me. Um, is there anything else you want to send, where you want to send people to? Can you tell people where to find you? Sure. Uh, I'm quite active on Instagram. So it would be my name, slash my surname, Raisa, slash Pardini. Um, if anyone wants to be in touch, I always try to look at every message just to be connected and have a chat. So I also used to do free mentorship programs for students or people that were just getting closer to design, um, just to try to have a conversation about what design can be rather than being scared of, mm -hmm. you know, throw yourself into an industry. Um, I think I'm gonna reintroduce them in a couple of weeks when I'm back in the UK. So keep an eye out if you want to, they're free.
totally free. That's where you can find me. I'm uh, revamping the website. So mm-hmm. at the moment, it's just on standby. But um, yeah, be in contact if you like to. I'm always here for a conversation, whatever it is about. Oh, awesome. That's really great of you. Um, yeah, thank you again. Good luck in Ibiza. Thank you, Clarita. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Thanks.